Welcome to the Making Connections News edition of Mountain Talk. I'm your host, Mimi Pickering. On Sunday, October 13th, a memorial to over 280 Letcher County area coal miners who have died of black lung disease was unveiled in Whitesburg's Riverside Park. The idea for the memorial came from coal miner William McCool, himself a victim of black lung, after his father's death from the disease. The effort was spearheaded by the Black Lung Association of Southeastern Kentucky with financial support from Mountain Comprehensive Health Corporation. Coming up is the dedication ceremony, but first we'll hear from folks with first-hand experience of living with black lung disease. In the fall of 2018, I interviewed Jimmy Moore, Bethel Brock, and Patty Ambergy in the WMMT studio shortly before they joined other mining families on a trip to Washington, D.C. to urge Senator Mitch McConnell and Representative Hal Rogers to keep the excise tax supporting the Black Lung Disability Trust Fund from being slashed. Here is an excerpt from that program. I went to see my doctor cause I couldn't get my breath. He said, boy, you got something could well mean your death. The corneosis, black lung blue. You get the one, you get the other, either way you lose. I've always been a miner, breathed coal dust all my life. Too old to learn a new trade, but can I tell my wife? You know, it's not our fault that uh, we got black lung. It's the company's fault that we got the black lung. We was just trying to keep the lights on for America, help in America, and uh, I think the company's ought to uh, help the coal miners as, uh, as most of them are dying out. You get the one, you get the other, either way. heaven, St. Peter's gonna cry, but I tell him the reason this poor boy had to die, the conconiosis, black lung blue. You get the one, you get the other, either way Hello and welcome to Mountain Talk. I'm Rachel Geringer, and in this episode, we explore the black lung epidemic, which is in the midst of a sharp rise across the nation, and especially in Appalachia. Black lung disease is an incurable and fatal, but also preventable condition caused by exposure to coal and dust. One in five miners in our region have black lung, and that rate has doubled in the past decade. And yet, as rates of the disease rapidly increase, the Black Lung Disability Trust Fund is under threat. This federal fund exists to provide support to minors and their families in navigating the many expenses of living with black lung. 
It specifically supports miners in cases where the company they worked for has gone bankrupt. But as more and more miners are diagnosed with the disease, more and more coal companies are filing for bankruptcy, placing increased pressure on the fund. And unless Congress takes action before the end of 2018, the coal excise tax, which pays for the fund, is set to decrease by more than half. These pressures combined would result in a massive deficit in the Black Lung Trust Fund at the time of greatest need. My name is uh, Jimmy Moore, and I'm from Elkhorn Creek down at Chevy Gap, Kentucky, and that's uh, in Pike County. And, uh, you know, when I started uh, in the mines, they wasn't too much work and they wasn't too much pay back then, uh, back in the 70s. And, uh, of course, uh, when I became a miner and joined the union, I knew I was beginning to work in a dangerous career, you know. Uh, I also knew there were benefits that would be very uh, beneficial, although uh, the job was dangerous. Uh, there was uh, It was more pay for my family. I was raising uh, three kids at that time, and uh, uh, I had benefits. I had sickness uh, benefits. I had two weeks vacation. I had a lot of good benefits. They didn't tell me about the black lung back then, though, but uh, I didn't know I was accumulating all this stuff in my lungs that later on that it was going to be a problem for me to to breathe and uh, go along with my daily routine, uh, uh, you know, doing my chores and so forth, walking about, and uh, then later on maybe even causing uh, cancer or uh, different things like that. I have one slash one black lung. My breathing is uh, still a little bit too high to draw black lung. And I, there's a lot of miners in that shape right now that uh, that has uh, black lung, but they're not uh, able to draw black lung yet. Uh, of course, it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better, I, you know. Uh, and uh, I have a son that uh, he worked in the mines. He worked in a non-union mines. I worked with uh, uh, Beth Elkhorn, which was a union mines at that time. Uh, I was protected by the union from dangerous uh, work and harmful situations too. But my son, he worked for a non-union, and he has got real bad, bad, bad lungs right now. He's... Uh, his, his lungs is uh, is caked and eat up. And, uh, of course, uh, he signed up on his uh, state black lung, and he got his state black lung with no problem. Even the company doctors uh, stated that uh, he, he had real bad lung problems. And that's the way it is in eastern Kentucky. It seems like there's a, 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 a bunch of people right now that's eat up a black lung and a lot of them is fighting, uh, trying to get their black lung, their state black lung. And like me, uh, I waited too long to sign up for state black lung. Now I'm trying to get federal black lung, which uh, uh, it would be, uh, it would help uh, my family, you know, uh, and so forth. But uh, we get, we we need to get what we was, we was promised. We was promised uh, uh, all this stuff in the union that we were supposed to get. We're supposed to get uh, uh, our union pensions, which now they're trying to take away from us. They're trying to take the black lung away from us. They, they're trying to, they're just fighting us on every hand, cutting Social Security. 
how's a poor man supposed to live? But yet our politicians, they can get raises uh, on top of raises. Uh, some of them has seven and eight uh, retirement plans. But uh, these coal companies, they have a lot more money than what we have, and they can uh, they can sort of lobby against us, I guess, uh, bribe the judges and the so lawyers and so forth and the doctors, uh, and that's that's what our problem is. And we need to stand together. Uh, you know, when you got a book, it's hard to tear, but you can take one or two pages and it's easy tour. But you stick together with and show them that we are together and we can fight them at election time. And that's when uh, that's when it really hurts. Well, thank you, Jimmy. How old is your son? Uh, he's 50 right now. And already has yeah, severe, yes, black lung. severe black mm. lung. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Bethel Brock is from over in southwestern Virginia and has been very active in the Virginia black lung um organizing. And Bethel, tell us a little bit about your experiences working in the mines and, and uh, what that was about. Uh, my name is Bethel Brock. I'm a retired uh, coal miner from Westmoreland Coal. And uh, we, you know, my experience, a lot of things started when MSHA made the new health and safety administration laws for black lung in 1969. And uh, miners were exposed to coal dust, rock dust, and air debris for decades. And the coal mine where they worked, or we worked, for the next 20 years, the incidental black lungs spiraled down as we tried to take measures of prevention. Then the next 12 years, the rate of complicated black lung grew to unheard of numbers and miners as jobs became hard to find and miners feared not working in dust would lead to their being fired for refusing to perform their job in dangerous dust levels in the air. Uh, <clears throat> there is very solid cause for uh, the tr- this trend to coal mine dust escalated to the highest levels of exposure since the year of 69. The coal companies and MSHA, along with state agencies, failed to acknowledge or mount any enforcement to lower the amount of dust that constantly evaded the very air that miners had to breathe. Oh yes, the federal government set standards for allowable dust in the coal mine to not exceed four millimeters per cubic foot of air Mm -hmm. in the mine. However, the law is only as good as the enforcement of it. Coal companies are not only, uh, have not only ignored pathetic levels of dust in the mine working areas, but took steps to pass dust control limits set by MSHA by falsifying dust taken to measure the amount of dust particles breathed by working miners. Some coal companies have found guilty, been found guilty of tampering with dust samples after the miner wore the cassettes to monitor the dust levels of dust measured for their shifts. Many miners have pressured, been pressured by mine bosses and managers to place their samples in areas of the mine where little dust like the intake fresh air and even <clears throat> turning them off for most of the working shift. Even when the federal mine inspector came by, he would uh, allow the company to take the miner off the job that he was assigned to like 
a roof drill or miner and put him in clean fresh earth just for that shift when it being sampled. And every miner that you ever meet will tell you dust sampling has always been a fraud. And that's what led to our problems. I have complicated black lung. And that's how it came to be with miners is because of the dust that, uh, that w was not controlled. It was just, and they told us if we wore a dust mask that we would not get black lung. Well, we were gullible and we fell for that story. We fell for it and uh, we worked in massive amounts of dust thinking that the dust respirators are mostly hoping it would take care of the problem of breathing dust. And uh, years later, we, we found that the fine micro-sized dust went right on through the filters and we breathed and contacted black lung that way. And and what are you seeing with um, miners over in Virginia? Are there increasing numbers of folks that are uh, coming to you all and, and finding out that they have black lung now? Sure, just like parts of Kentucky and West Virginia. Virginia has uh, an epidemic of black lung. We've seen, we have an estimated uh, at least 1,500 miners who are affected with complicated black lung. And uh, we, it's becoming an epidemic you know, uh, there. And, and miners continue to work in dust. I know they do. And uh, <clears throat> that that's going to lead them to, we have miners. One miner was 28 years old and he was ready for a lung transplant. And in their 30s, in their 40s. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and working in this dust is just, miners are afraid to not work in it. When I worked in the mine, I worked under the UMWA contract uh, for miners and <clears throat> when the boss put me in really bad dust yeah I told him I'm not going I'm gonna refuse to work in this because you know the UMWA contract allows a miner uh, is allowed to withdraw himself from any area of the mine that is unsafe or unhealthy and uh, so and they actually in reality they did try to fire me uh, using other excuses you know which is the way they go with it. Uh, but the UMWA, uh, we had grievance procedures and we got it settled and I kept my job. But now what if I'd have been non-union? They would have fired me and I would have gone home. My job would have ended. That's why miners continue to work in it. Oh, thank you. Okay, now Patty Ambergie is also with us um, from Letcher County and uh, the widow of a miner and a longtime fighter for... Um, miners and their families and the environment. Tell us a little bit about your story, Patty. Well, um, I was listening to them as they were talking there, and it was bringing back a lot of memories that my husband came home with talking to he and would be upset about. My husband uh, worked. They gave him 23 years in the mines, and uh, when he died, my husband's oxygen was on eight, and he was begging for more. As he said, uh, he was totally eat up with uh, with black lung, and as he said, there's all the air out there in the world, mm -hmm. and I can't get none, and why can't I? And I would pretend to turn the air up, but there wasn't none to turn up because he had, I had it exceeded 
uh, eight, and that was what the oxygen tank did. When I exceeded eight, a normal person that would have uh, eight on their lungs, it would bust them. And that is one instance of what black lung does. Another thing I was listening to what Bethel was talking about there, my husband worked at a non-union mine. And when it come time for uh, different men to do their breathing samples and wear their breathing samples, uh, when my husband first went to work at this co-company, he worked on the outside. And he said he wore the mask for this man that's supposed to be, had turned his mask in. He wore it on the outside. And when the day shift was over, they turned that over in that man's name as though he wore it inside the mines. And another thing that my husband really got upset about is uh, when the mine inspectors came. When the mine inspectors, he said, would come, uh, you could see them roll down the window just a little bit, and they would go walk around the outside, and you would see every who was the boss that day of that mine, of that mines, they would be an envelope going that, where that little section of the window was rolled down, there would be an envelope go in there. And he asked one day, and he knew what it was, and he was cursed out and told him to shut his mouth up, that uh, that was something they had to do. And those, when the inspectors come, they paste everything in their minds and went right on. But those little envelopes went in every month. Uh, my husband, uh, he fought three and a half years to get black lung. Uh, he's seen in all 14 doctors. It took 14 doctors to get him his black lung. He got state, and after he got state, um, he lived for a while, and then he passed away, and I finished drawing a half of which I was entitled. Then I turned around and had to sign up to get uh, federal. Well, for me to get federal, actually, with all of those reports that had already been given in, they turned me down with all the reports that I had. And then we found, actually found one that hadn't been sent in. So when we sent this back in, then I got it. But it still took me equivalent of four years to get something that was entitled to me for where my husband had died uh, to give, give me safety after he was gone. And then there, I was denied of it. That was a Mountain Talk from fall 2018 with disabled minors and widows who are organizing as part of the Black Lung Association to keep the Black Lung Disability Trust Fund solvent and able to cover benefits for the growing number of minors developing the disease. In December 2018, Congress allowed the tax supporting the fund to be cut by 55%. Members of the Black Lung Association are continuing to put pressure on politicians in Kentucky, West Virginia, and Virginia to return the tax to its previous rate or increase it. Now we turn to the October 13 dedication of the memorial to the miners in Letcher and surrounding counties who have lost their lives to this preventable disease. Jimmy Moore is the host. Welcome everyone to... Uh... 
Black Run Association of Miners that has deceased for Black Run. And the Color Guard, I really appreciate you all being here. And uh, Oliver, uh, each and every one of you that's uh, got a loved one that's uh, died with Black Run. And uh, this is a good group today, and it's a beautiful day. We are talking about how beautiful it was from yesterday till today, and that sky is just as blue as... Uh, yeah. It can be. It's a beautiful day. But uh, I want to welcome everyone here this morning, uh, each and every one of you, and uh, thank God for all of you. And uh, before we get started, uh, we don't want any smoking in, in this area right here because we've got a lot of miners that's got black lung, and if you can, if you can uh, sustain from smoking, we would really appreciate that. And another thing we like to talk about is uh, the names on here. We might have left out a name or two. All we can do is apologize and, and put it on later. But uh, if you've got a deceased that the name's supposed to be on there, well, let us know and uh, we'll, try to, we'll try to correct that. But we're, we apologize for, uh, for that. And I guess that's all. And we're going to ask... Brother Buddy to come and uh, lead us in a word of prayer, and then he's going to uh, lead us for the Pledge of Allegiance. Thank God for this beautiful weather. You know, when you leave it in the hands of God, everything will work out, won't it? Let's take it to the Lord this morning. Father, it's again that we come to thee by the way of prayer. We thank you, God, for each and every one that's here today. We thank you, Lord, that you made it possible, God, the weather and all these things, God, we know by your hand, God, we have these things for our pleasure. And God, we asking you today, Lord, for each one that's here, God, we asking you for the city of Westford, for the mayor, Brother James, we ask you, God, to just bless them, Mount Comp, all them, Lord, we pray, God, that's made this possible. Anthony, Lord, we thank you for him, that you placed him in our life because it helps us, Lord. God, we ask you now, Lord, to just guide us and lead us. We pray through this service here today. God, we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for everything that you do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, individual for liberty, justice for all. Uh, our next speaker will be uh, Miss Patty Amberger. She's going to give us the history on, uh, on the Black Lung. Thank you, buddy. Thank everybody for being here. It's a beautiful day, and thank God for this day. Our, our chapter was something that was needed in this area, and I want to thank everyone that has participated in this chapter to make its chapter is today. Our chapter was started and established by Anthony Warlock, which sometimes doesn't get the uh, praise that he has done. Anthony helped us with the chapter, and when I get in trouble, I call Anthony, and he gets me out of it. Also, Anthony helped 
on the stone. He left left with everything. I always call Anthony the man behind the behind the door because he's always there when I need him. Our chapter is uh, called Black Lung Association of Southeast Kentucky, and it is a branch of the National. Uh, it was established in November the 24th, 2015. Our first president was Richard Neil Yance, Vice President Rudell Buddy Collins, Secretary Patty Ambergy, Treasury Barbara Collins. Our uh, officers served three years and now our, we are into another three years. The president is Jimmy Moore. Our vice president is Buddy Collins. My, also, um, Patty Ambergy is the secretary. Gabby, I can't say Ga Gabrielle. Hey, you're Gabby to me. <laughs> Gabrielle Haley. Also, our meetings are open to the public. We are a support group, and we our motto is Miners Helping Miners. Uh, everyone is welcome to come to our meetings, and we're asking you to please come and help support the miners. And if you have anybody that is a miner and needs help and needs to come to get help to get your black lung, we have attorneys there and we have assistants also with Anthony he helps also and we meet at the Letcher County Health Department the fourth Tuesday of every month and it's upstairs the second floor and only time that we don't don't do that is at Christmas time and I the third Tuesday and thank you for everybody coming Thank you, Patty. The next uh, speaker is uh, Gabriella. Is that the right? <laughs> Gabby, let's call it Gabby. We'll do Gabby. We'll do Gabby. My name is Gabriel Haley, or Gabby. I am the current treasurer for the Black Lung Association. You can't hear me? Okay. There are numerous people to thank, too many really to name. Um, First and foremost, for the monument, Mountain Comprehensive Health Corporation, and Mike Cottle for the donation. Uh, of course, Appalachian Citizens Law Center for attending every meeting and providing countless knowledge and support for everyone that's there, and even when they're not there, that they can call. They've offered so much advice. Kane Kitchen for providing the food, and, and so many different nonprofit organizations for just offering their support and their knowledge for whenever we needed it. I do have a little bit of um, a personal thought on the monument. I have two great-grandfathers and a grandfather's name who's on it. Not to mention countless others that I have known and lived with most of my life, but three of my family members are on it. I'm sure William McCool and Neil Yance, whose visions, three years in the making. So thank you all for being here and your support. It means more than you know. Thank you. Thank you, Gabby. <clears throat> you know, uh, we have to, uh, I have to recognize William McCool. Uh, he suggested that the miners need to be recognized. 
uh, that had problem with black lung. And uh, I really appreciate you, McCool. And uh, give him a good hand. And uh, Anthony, I guess you're you're next. Thank you, Jimmy. You know, we start this idea, and it's actually William McCool's idea to have this monument. And I remember my first thought was, it's a really good idea, but how are we going to do it? You got to put some, you got to put some work behind the faith, too, you know. Yeah. But, you know, it's came to fruition. I'm certainly glad about that. And uh, if they would, the ones that worked on our committee that formed this and, and planned all this stuff, would you stand, please, just so that people know who you are? A couple of them are in the back being shy on us too. We had a lot of input. We got just one or two of us. It's a, it was a long, long process. I'd like to introduce to you the mayor of Weisberg, James Wiley Craft. He's done a good job, very good job. And he's also uh, was very willing to help us have a place to play, to set the monument because you know having a monument's one thing, but you have to need a place that's going to display it that's prominent. So at this time, I'd like to present to you James Wiley Craft. Thank you, Anthony, and uh, it's indeed an honor and a privilege to be here today for this monumental, quote-unquote, occasion. First, let me thank all of the committee members who have worked so tire tirelessly and diligently to make this thing happen here today. Also, I want to make uh, mention again of Mike Caudill and MCHC who yeah. donated the funds for the for the monument and uh, again thank you Mike for doing that yeah. on behalf of the citizens all the citizens of Whitesburg who are the owners of this park on behalf of the City Council I want to welcome each and every one of you to this occasion the spot where this a monument is located, I personally picked it out. And I chose that spot for a reason. As people pass by, let them read the names of the men who have, and women who have died as a result of making this country what it is today. I, too, am a underground coal miner's son. He, uh, he worked. I didn't see him in the morning because he was off to the mines. I rarely seen him in the afternoon, and when I did, he was collapsed on the bed, resting from a day's work in the underground coal mines. And I'm sure that's an experience that is... Uh, uh, all of you have seen in your own homes as, as, uh, as the miners uh, have gone to work. I recently ran into a lady who started talking about this memorial, and she and her mother and the widow are here today. And she described to me the agony of watching her father and her mother's husband die because he could not breathe. His arms, his legs, 
his fingers all turned black because they weren't getting oxygen. And what I thought, uh, what a better way to honor that person by having their name added to this memorial, and it is here today. Mr. Billy Little's name is on this memorial. As I, as I thought about that and what all he endured and others as well, what I thought was what all would they have given for one more breath of fresh, fresh air? Such was not the case to be. The black lung deprived them of the option of once again drawing a good, fresh breath. Thank you all for being here, and uh, we were looking forward to unveiling this, this memorial, and we will take care of it, I assure you. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor Crack. We certainly appreciate the, the good work you put in and the cooperation that you've always extended to us, both at the clinic and the Black Lung Association as well. Uh, the next speaker, I need really no introduction, he's like our mayor, uh, Mr. Mike Cottle, who's yeah. CEO of our Mountain Comp, and through his guidance, we have really grown and matured, and we certainly owe him a great debt for his willingness to help us with this dedication, both with the monument as well as the meal that we'll serve later. At this time, I'll present to you Mike Cottle, CEO of Mountain Comprehensive Health. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you all. I'm used to following uh, Mayor Kraft in 84 when all I had was a law license. He was good enough to give me a job and, uh, and uh, followed him through many uh, cases where I saw uh, what a wonderful, talented attorney he was as he defended, prosecuted, and did justice. But nothing tipped him more than working with the miners that came into his office. So, thank you. Let me also thank this gentleman right over here beside of me. He is uh, one of those unsung heroes. He works day and night. Uh, what he has done to forward the Black Lung Program for MCHC uh, is not understood and not appreciated without it, uh, almost to the, ex the exclusion of anybody else, there would not be a black lung program at MCHC. And if you think that he is not powerful uh, on, the, on the federal level, on the national black lung, he, they listen to him. Uh, they listen to him, every word he says, he can change their minds on him alone. But the thing about it is, as uh, CEO of Mountain Comp and therefore of the Respiratory Program Eastern Kentucky. I'm the board member and I have to sign a uh, proxy for Anthony every time. One of these days, I'm not going to sign it. I'm just going to tell him I'm going to go. <laughs> but I probably won't do that because uh, after Anthony has his heart attack, then I'll immediately will get called from the national where they're having their heart attack and saying I've got to let him come and, and who am I to give, not give him my proxy? So he's he's truly an unsung hero as is his complete staff. I think we have a wonderful staff and uh, I like to give all of them a hand. Yeah. 
This organization is giving voice to the countless men and women uh, that have black lung that suffers from it. There, there's many periods of injustice, there's many items of injustice that I can point to throughout the world, but probably no more injustice than what it is for our miners. If you think about it, this whole country has been built on the back of miners. We have had many heroes in all walks of life. Our soldiers, God bless their hearts, and thank you, gentlemen, for your service and your sacrifices. We wouldn't be able to have this without them. And our first responders, police officers, firefighters, EMTs, so many of us would not be here without their service. And to see any of those get accolades, they're well-deserving, and I applaud all of them. But this country was built on energy. This country was built on coal. It was not built on nuclear energy. It was not built on solar or wind or anything else. It's the coal in these hills that built this country. It's the coking coal that built the steel that made the ships, the weapons, and the buildings, the factories that we've all lived. And without those things, we wouldn't, this country wouldn't be nowhere. And where does that coal comes from? It comes from the mountains here. It comes from the flatlands in western Kentucky. It comes from out west. And people of all areas of this country has worked in these mines and produced this energy that has made this country great, and you do not get the recognition for that. You don't even get taxes for the cut and taxes that's going to be devastating. You're not even getting that. You're being shifted to a corner. So maybe this is our corner. And let me say this. As our corner, we're going to remember you. Uh, this is just a token. It is just a visual item that you can see, a small way of paying back the debt that, that we owe each and every one of you for going down in the black hole, for climbing to the top of the mountains, to getting on the equipment, to watching the rocks fall, to watch it pour out. Run a country, and they don't appreciate you where you are. Well, I appreciate you. The people here appreciate you. The people in this county appreciate you. I went and listened to uh, Governor Bevan in his speech down at the courthouse yesterday, and and uh, he's a good speaker. He's a good orator. But uh, And he was asking, what can we do for you all, and, and, and talking about programs and things, and all that's good. But what I was thinking is this. We don't want your hands out. We want jobs. Yeah. We want to be able to go out and work in the morning, and we want to be able to go home at night, and we will take care of our families ourselves. Thank you. If we want anything in this country, it's jobs, because the people in this county, the people that works these mines, they're used to working. They're not afraid of work. They want to earn their money. They want to hold their head high. So to all of our politicians, quit training us for jobs that don't exist. Get us jobs that we can work at and we can earn a living wage and take care of our families. Yeah. I don't have anyone on that list. Probably could have. My great-grandfather Andy Wright was killed in a mining accident back in the 40s, 50s. Uh, most of my family's worked in coal at one time or the other, and I've said something, and I'll end you with this. I was born coal, I was raised coal, and the good Lord willing, I'll die coal. Yeah. Thank you.
Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you very much and all of your diligence that you've done. And a lot of people don't realize what goes on behind the scenes, but I know enough to know there's a lot of work that's put on that people never see that when you're planning out things at the clinics and planning for our future and our growth that we've experienced so much of, it's because of the foresight of people like you and specifically of you. Our next speaker also comes from Mountain Comp, Dr. Allen. And you see Dr. Allen, you really, what you're seeing is a world-class doctor in the world of pulmonology and especially in, federal, in the federal black lung world. He's very well known and I probably well know more away from here than here. I go to the meetings and they're asking me about him and you know, they'll be from other states, but I, it's been a privilege to work with him. He's been with us since 1999. So I kind of use that as a recruiting point. I say he's not a fly-by-nighter. He'll be here when you need to do the paperwork down the road that happens two, three, and four years away. But we certainly appreciate having a great pulmonologist on staff, Dr. Allen. Uh, thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Mike. Uh, it is very special occasion for me. Anthony asked me, would I speak on this occasion? And I have to cut my weekend short and come here. And I'm very happy to be part of this. I'll share only three things and will be very short. First of all, I always remember, you know, Miss Louise Baker. She was an asset to Letcher County. She had done so many good things for all of us. She's the main lady who actually brought me here and kept me here. And I always remember her. And now on her footstep, Mike is doing a wonderful job to keep everybody happy with what he says with jobs. Uh, we don't need no help. We need good jobs. Yes. And uh, before my friend Rudell talked, in the time of Jesus, there were only three occupations. One was mining, agriculture, and farming. So mining is left since then. And we will be more than happy to continue it and provide what Mike says, the jobs, the factories. And now, unfortunately, we are in a time where very specific coal has to be mined. And this will be keep mining, don't worry, till the last day. Because this is the part that has God created in this way. And the third thing is, as my profession as a physician, I always give an example. You know, today is a Sunday and football we all love. If you do not have a good team, you will not gonna win. And for that good team, you need everybody to perform at every aspect of their job. And we are very fortunate enough that we have a very good team who work in the team in, in the form of Anthony. We have very, very nice CEO who always ready to help. We have a mayor who's ready to dedicate a part and we have lawyers like Steve Sander, and I saw Mr. Holiday standing there. Uh, they are part to stand for you. And then lastly, my little thing comes in as an expert medical opinion. And uh, the way I live here for almost now 20 plus years is really a, you know, a part that how much love I got. When I came in initially, you know, there were minors who couldn't do anything else except make me crafts. I still have them as souvenirs in my house. So it is a part that we as a team have to help each other so we can stand against injustice. And that injustice in this country, if it against minor, we have to stand up. And I'm very happy to be part of it to help those minors. And I pray and hope that we all prosper in the best way possible. Thank you so much.
Thank you, Dr. Alleman. It truly is a pleasure to work with someone of both his ability and his personality. And he does a great job for us. And, you know, I was there before he showed up, but it's kind of hard to remember now. It's like we've just been a team so long down there that it doesn't seem right if he's not in the picture anymore. Our next speaker is uh, Marcy Tate. She's the CEO of New Beginnings Pulmonary Rehab. And Marcy has done a really good job of working with the people that, that um, need the problem solved somewhat with the lungs. You know, you can't cure the problem, but you can also work to help them breathe better and longer, do more of their lives, and be healthier. And she does a great job with that. And I know when she was, you know, we were working on getting this project going with her pulmonary rehab, uh, I was always wanting this done because I thought it was one of our missing pieces with our black lung program that we need this pulmonary rehab to help our minors to live better, longer lives. Marcy. I actually wrote a speech today because uh, I was told to keep it brief and pleasant. So um, I'm Marcy Tate. I'm the CEO and founder of New Beginnings Pulmonary Rehab, but locally I'm also the director of the Mountain Comprehensive Home um, Healthcare Corporation's uh, Black Lung Pulmonary Rehab Program. And um, this one black lung is very special to me and very personal. My daddy has black lung. He has uh, stage 3 progressive um, massive fibrosis, and he is currently in the boat with a lot of you, still fighting for his benefits. So this is a personal war on my behalf. I'd like to start by thanking the families that are here. Um, thank you for allowing us to share in your memories of your loved ones. And uh, in preparing for this speech, I looked up the definition of the word epidemic. And it means it refers to an increased, often sudden, in the number of cases of a disease above what is normally expected in a population of the specific area. That is exactly what we're dealing with here. You know, today we have over 2,000 documented cases of progressive massive fibrosis. Our youngest minor that I cared for was 38 years old. And so this is not your grandfather's disease anymore, by no means. But I, I'm, my background is biostatistics, so I'm kind of a nerd. And I always like to look at the numbers. And according to the statistics, each person represented on that monument has impacted 10,000 lives. Each of you will impact 10,000 lives. And if you think about that, if you want to think about an astronomical number, that means that over 2 million people, their lives have been impacted by just the names on this monument. Imagine the 2,000 that's currently suffering and fighting with this disease. It would take 100 more of these monuments to honor them. So I just want to say, while the rest of the world turns a blind eye to our suffering here, we also fight. Those of us that are on the firing line, we fight for your rights. We've, we're trying to make it easier to get your benefits. We're trying to make sure you have quality care. And we're trying our best to ensure the safety of the current miners and those future miners. So hopefully one day we don't have to build monuments for black lung. And I just want to tell you that the names that's on this monument today that we're honoring it's just fuel for those of us that fight. Thank you. Thank you very much, Marcy. We have one more speaker I want to introduce, Steve Sanders. Steve was the founding director of our Appalachian Citizens Law Center. Before that, he worked with Apple Red. And Steve was there at the beginning when we formed our chapter, willing to help any way he could. And we appreciate people like Steve that's willing to step forth and give us their valuable time. Uh, he's been a lifelong advocate for the people that's fighting the injustice, and for many, many years he was uh, 
a lawyer that me and the miners went to for help with their black lung, uh, especially the federal black lung rules. Thank you, Anthony. And thank you for inviting me to talk today. I appreciate it very much. I know many of you here. It was my pleasure as an attorney, really, to have the opportunity to represent hardworking coal miners and their widows in these black lung benefits claims. This monument, I think, is a wonderful attestation to the hard work that coal miners do. And, excuse me, I dropped the mic there. So we see this as a solemn occasion, a way of remembering those people. But we also see it as being tragically sad. The fact that pneumoconiosis is still exists, it's still killing people, it's still disabling coal miners. This is something that should have stopped a long time ago. When Congress passed the Coal Mine Safety Act in 1969, they declared that coal miners are the nation's most valuable resource and that the law should see that miners can work their entire working life without being subject to disability as a result of dust exposure. And here we are, 50 years later, and we're still dealing with that problem. The 1969 Act came about as a result of an explosion in a mine in West Virginia, and it mobilized the coal miners and their families in West Virginia and then in the other coal mining states to rise up and say something has to be done to protect our safety and our health. That was 1969. When we started this Black Lung Association in 2015, we carried on that tradition. And you all have gone to Washington and you've spoken to the political leaders and you've said, we need more done than is being done. We need more protection from the dust in the mines. And we need a system of black lung benefits that delivers justice to us who have become disabled or whose husbands have died as a result of black lung. I congratulate the Black Lung Association, all of you, for the good work you've done. Black lung continues to be a problem. As um, Marcy just said, too many minors are continuing to suffer from complicated pneumoconiosis. Keep at it. Keep pushing for change. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Steve, very much. We appreciate your efforts coming back here to be with us. Uh, uh, Steve is retired now, so he uh, lives in Lexington, last I knew, and so he had to make a pretty little trip to be here with us, and we appreciate the efforts of him. At this time, uh, Courtney will take over and help us with uh, furthering the program. Courtney. Please join me in welcoming the VFW Post 9600 from Pound, Virginia. Thank you. We veterans are here assembled to pay a lasting tribute of respect to our departed comrades. When the call of our nation was heard, they answered, self was forgotten for a greater good. As brave men, they marched away with faith in their God, faith in their flag, and faith in their country. The red of our flag was made red by their heroism. The white, more stainless pure, by the motives which impelled him. And in the starry field of our nation's glorious banner, the blue has been glorified for the service they gave for American ideas. 
We will now have a moment of science. Silence is that Neil Yance and William J. Nicole come up to unveil the memorial. He's had more hard luck than most men could stand. The mines was his first love. But never his friend He's lived a hard life And hard he'll die Black lungs done got him His time is nigh Black lung, black lung You're just biding your time Soon all this suffering I'll leave behind But I can't help but wonder What God had in mind To send such a devil To claim this soul of mine He went to the boss man but he closed the door. Well, it seems you're not wanted when you're sick and you're poor. You're not even covered in their medical plans. And your life depends on the favors of man. Down in the poorhouse on starvation's plan Where pride is a stranger and doomed is a man His soul full of coal dust till his body's decayed And everyone but black lungs done turned him away Black lung, black lung, oh, your hands I see cold. As you reach for my 
blood digging my own grave down at the graveyard the boss man came with his little bunch of flowers dear God what a shame take back those flowers don't you sing no sad songs the die has been cast now. A good man is gone. You have been listening to the October 13th dedication of a memorial to miners who have died from black lung in the Letcher County area. The memorial is believed to be the first to honor black lung victims. If you know of individuals who should be included on the memorial, please contact the Black Lung Association of Southeastern Kentucky on Facebook or 606-639-6363. Special thanks to Sydney Bowles for her recording of the memorial service. Music in this episode was by Michael Klein and Hazel Dickens sang her song Black Lung. This and other shows exploring the opportunities and challenges of rebuilding Appalachia's economy and communities are at www.makingconnectionsnews.org and your favorite podcast sites. This is Mimi Pickering. Thank you for listening to WMMT Mountain Community Radio.